So let's talk about the blessing of bread and water. Maybe that doesn't make sense to you. Why would somebody choose a subject? I first called it bread and water. Then I said, no, the blessing of bread and water. And I want to talk to you about bread and water and what that means in the scriptures and how it looks. Now, you know very well I'm not going to get through it today. So, so let, let's get in our learning positions. I mean, let's buckle up. Let's be like we are in an airplane and we have to buckle up and uh, keep our seats buckled as long as we're sitting down. And so let, let's buckle ourselves in place. In, um, in the book of uh, Exodus... Chapter 23, 25, I felt like the old cowboy show uh, one time I was watching it and uh, one of the characters in it said to, to one of the bad characters, you look like somebody walked over your grave. And I remember that, it tickled me. And uh, uh, when Pastor Ken was preaching, I thought, enough, enough, don't go to Exodus 23. And he just walked all over my scripture. You know, you know uh, uh, I, I just feel pastoral today. If you forgive me for that, you will. But when I, I um, uh, was uh, younger, I remember thinking that certain scriptures in the Bible were mine. I, I, I know that maybe makes no sense to your mind, but they were like my scriptures. And sometimes when people would be preaching on them, I would say, stay away, that's my scripture. You know, as though I owned it, you know. And so Pastor Ken was, was doing that as, Stay away, don't go to 25, don't. He said, oh, I'm going to uh, 20 something to 30. I said, oh, well, forget it. So here the scripture says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. You shall serve, not optional. And you cannot serve God in your own way. You cannot serve him. Well, my daddy knew God, but he knew him in his own way. No, you have to love God the way he not describes, but prescribes. He does both, but he prescribes it. And he says, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he's going to bless you when you serve him. He's going to bless you when you serve him. And what will he bless? And he will bless your bread and water. Now, when we see that, he will bless your bread and water, you, you know automatically, immediately from the context here, that he is going to sustain you. He's going to sustain you. It doesn't matter what contrary winds are blowing against you. He is going to sustain you. He says, and not only will he do that. Now, for serving him, he's going to bless you. He's going to copiously, generously confer upon you his divine favor. He is going to generously call his name over your life. He's going to generously do that. And you and I, when we bless, we ask God to look favorably upon you. We ask God, we appeal to that, the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we do when we bless you. We say, I bless you. Some folks say, well, uh, that's not a blessing. Yes, it is. That's just some teacher who got too involved in the little fine points. But yes, it is a blessing to say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. No, because I, I've just now invoked the name of Jesus over you. Wonderful song that we were singing here. All of them were wonderful. Every one of them blessed me. Every one of them. This, this last song that you sang, I thought, we should have written that. That song should have come from my house. But it, since it didn't, I thought, we need to leave something for other congregations to do. I will bless 
your bread and your water. And, not only that, and, let's get to the end. Let's get to the conjunction. Let us understand that there's more to God than what we have seen. There's more to God than what we know. Because he says, not only shall he bless our bread and water, he says, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I will take it away from the midst of you. So according to this scripture, and I don't want any theologian to try to talk me out of it, because according to this scripture, God says, I am the Lord your God. I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you, the Lord who himself is healing. So he's going to bless our bread and water. I believe it is a greater context than what he showed us in the Old Testament in the Exodus from Egypt. The Exodus out of sin was a great picture of the Christian life. When my, one of my first messages that I ever preached uh, was, was called, The Christian Life is a Wilderness Experience. And I saw immediately in, in, the, in the Holy Spirit how God will take us out of sin and degradation. Degradation having to do with just sink and sink and sink and sink and, and to rise as it were no more. And he took us out of sin, shame, and degradation, shame. The things we did were shameful. And he took us out of that. He washed us. And he said to us, I'm going to bless your bread and water. Israel, I'm, I brought you out to bring you in. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to look favorably upon you. I'm going to cause sickness to, to leave you, flee from you. And firstly, the first sin, uh, f uh, first sickness that uh, fled from us was the sin sickness. Sin sickness. If you're still enjoying sin, then there's an issue. Because the faith that saves you is the same faith that changes you. Are oh, you still with me? Stay with me. And so he's going to, he's told them, I'm going to bless your bread and water. So he's saying to them, I'm going to sustain you through your journey. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to give you food, bread, food. I'm going to give you water. I'm going to cause you to function. Let, let, let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Then we'll see the larger context. We'll see what God meant. Yes, he will help us naturally, but he will also help us spiritually. The greater help is spiritual help. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, he says, Moreover, brethren, Paul is speaking, I do not want you to be unaware. Now, let me stop there. It would be very appropriate if we use the KJV. The KJV, I think, uses a word. It doesn't mean stupid. It means ignorant. He says, I would not have you to be ignorant. Unaware is very polite. So we'll use it today. But I don't want you to be ignorant. <laughs> that, our, that all our fathers were under the cloud, all of them. Everybody who came out of Egypt, they were under the cloud. That is, now, for those of you who may not know what we mean, there was a cloud, a huge cloud, that covered approximately 3 million people coming out of Egypt. Can you believe that? I mean, can you imagine that? I remember, remember when I was a little boy, we grew up in the country, 
And if you wanted to work, you had to do field labor. That was, those were the jobs. Now, you city slickers, y'all had some maybe fans, not air conditioner if you grew up when I did. You just had fans in those businesses. But, but, but we would, I would pray as a little boy working, and, you know, earning some money, earning some money, some spending money, and uh, going out into those fields and working and doing various things. Uh, I would pray for clouds. Israel didn't pr pray for clouds. Israel left Egypt, and God says, I'm your cloud. I'm going to cover you. The desert heat will not evaporate your strength. How many of you know when you get really hot, your strength start, starts to evaporate? I know people who've worked in laundry mats and cleaners. They, they, after a while, they, they need to get out and get some air. They need a fan or something because the, the street, the, 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 rather the, the heat is sapping their strength. And I, I, I understand how the hot sun can just zap you. After a while, you're just feeling drained. And so he says, no, I will be a cloud over you. Now, he did that in a natural sense for Israel, but he is doing it for a spiritual sense. But we just need to start looking up so that we can see that God is covering us. All of our mistakes, all of our craziness, God has been covering us. And he's been keeping us from being consumed by the heat of this life. They were all under the cloud. It's amazing. The, the ones who were really following God, who were thankful that he had taken them out of Egyptian bondage, he, he, he was covering them. And those who kept looking back, he was covering them. But God covering you, Always in this context, does not just mean that he's satisfied with everything you're doing. Somebody said that because you, you, you're in a garage, something like this, doesn't make you a car. And just because somebody finds it fascinating to come to church and sit in a church doesn't make you a Christian. You must be born again. You must be born again. I know when I was a boy, there were, there were boys who would go to church, and they'd go to certain churches because they said the prettiest girls at that church. They, they, weren't, they weren't in there for God. They were trying to find somebody, and it wasn't God. So everybody who was under that cloud was not really right-hearted or right-headed. Look at this. He says, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Look at what Paul says. Paul says, says that they all ate the same spiritual food. What he was doing was giving the, the Corinthians a warning that you cannot live a sloppy life just because you say you name the name of Christ. Amen. Cannot live a sloppy life. This is what he's saying to them. He is warning them. And you have to be very careful in the Bible when you start to talk about warnings because sometimes it, it, the warning is so strong and so severe that it could look like, oh, I have to be careful. God saved me by his grace, but I've got to keep up the pace 
and, and, and keep myself saved. I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that. I, 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 I grew up like that because in the church I grew up in, you could, you could go to hell for combing your hair wrong, it seemed. But you know what I'm saying, so strict. But I don't believe that. I believe Paul is showing something. He's warnings. You see, because you can lose reward. And some people think, well, that's all right if I lose reward. And as long as I'm in heaven. No, that's a terrible attitude to have. That, that when all the redeemed company are praising God and throwing their crowns, all their accolades, I would say, all their crowns, accolades, achievements, quote unquote, at the feet of Jesus, you know, overcoming this and overcoming that, then you have nothing. You know, que lastima, que vergüenza. She said, what a pity. I said, yeah, what a, what a shame. It's an embarrassment. Look at here. I said something like that. Yeah, yeah, me gusta mucho español. Aunque no hablo correctamente todo el tiempo, sí. I really like it. I like Spanish. I love it. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink. And listen, so he tells us, he gives us information that we didn't have before the Holy Spirit gave this revelation to him. He says, for they all drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. The cloud, God was in the cloud above them, and it was a pillar of cloud in the daytime to protect them from the scorching heat. The Lord is with you every day. Even though you're going through impossible things, the Lord is with you. He can never leave you. He can never forsake you. And in the dark nights when you need something, you need to know something, you need to see something, he is a pillar of fire over you to keep you warm, warm and to also give you ability to see. That's what God is for us. He says he's going to bless their bread and water. And so he's blessing your bread and water. And he bless, your bread and water is none other than Jesus Christ. He, Paul says the rock that followed them, the rock that, that they received uh, natural water from, he says that rock was Christ. And so what he's showing us is that the Lord, our God, was in the midst of us. You know, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. You know, so he was causing water to come. Paul says it was he who gave the water. It was, it was Yeshua who gave the water, who was with them in the desert. So Yeshua, who gave them the water, gives you water to drink. When you are thirsty, when you don't know what to do, when your body is seemingly emaciated, drying up, he gives you water. He says that rock followed them. That rock, wherever he would send them, he was there with them. So whenever you and I go into negative situations, he is with us. Not just to watch over us, as it were, but to deliver us. So whatever you're going through, just say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. doesn't matter what's going on in your life. He's an amazing God. He will bless you. He's the blessing of bread and water. I will bless your bread and water, so I will bless your sustenance. I will bless your body. How does he bless us? By giving us permanent bread and water. Let me tell you in case I don't get there today. Jesus is your bread. 
is your food. And, he, and when Jesus came in, the Holy Spirit has come in. He's your water. And, and, and John tells us in John 14, John tells us in verses 21, I think, think through 24, John tells us, uh, us that, that uh, when Jesus comes in, so not only does the Holy Spirit come, but the Father comes. So really, we can safely say that the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, reside in flesh, in human beings. How can we give up? How can we say, I despair of life? Wow. How? No weapon formed against you can prosper. You are more than just a conqueror. You are a super abundant conqueror. It's like this. It's like, it's like if you were pole vaulting or high jumping and the bar was way up there above my tip, tip, tip of my fingers. Now, I can't jump that high. But through Christ, you're a super conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You can go that high. You can jump that high without the pole. You just jump up. That's how it works. That's how it works. Being a, more than a conqueror is being a super conqueror. You don't just barely win by a, a thin margin. Because where God lifts you, the enemy cannot go. Bread and water are two things the body needs. So it's sustenance. When, you, when we talk of sustenance, we talk of what sustains you, what keeps you going. You know? So it's, uh, these are two things the body needs. To sustain vitality. It, it, you, can't be, you can't have vitality without it. Without bread or, or food is what that means. Nutrition. Without nutrition, the body would collapse or, as it were, lose its vitality. I, I've promised uh, one of our elders and, and others that whenever I am deep in a fast, I won't preach. I won't come up and preach. You know why? Because sometimes I have to stand up here and go, <laughs> I'm not saying, okay, give me something to say, Lord. I'm saying, give me some breath, Jesus. So I promised I would not. Why? Because without food, without water, your body is not sustained. And so what, what the scripture is saying to us is that without fellowship with Jesus Christ, Pastor Ken, you talked about that this morning, without fellowship with Jesus Christ, without the Holy Spirit working in your life. You are not sustained, but he promised that he would sustain you. Yes, he has promised that God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. If you are having a bad time, just endure it because hard times, bad times, trouble don't last always for the believer. Hallelujah. So he wants to strengthen you, especially in this day in which we live. I have implored you. I have done everything I can by the Holy Spirit, not because I have some natural bent. I don't have a natural bent toward even, as it were, uh, positions in the world. The Lord has delivered me. I'm grateful that he's delivered me. You know, sometimes uh, when you are delivered, you, you then realize, 
uh, how, what a captive you've been. And sometimes when you've not been fully delivered because of maybe an attitude of where you want to be, or maybe because you were raised a particular way, you're not fully delivered, you don't even know you're captive. Somebody says, you know, hey, God has delivered you. You go, what is he talking about? Well, the one way we can find out what the, the pastor or the preacher is talking about is get on our knees. God will meet you on your knees. Are you with me? God will meet you on your knees. And so we're trying to, like, help you to be all that God wants you to be. Listen, without food and water, uh, your body would collapse. You'd lose your vitality. Uh, that is, and also without water, uh, you, you lose functionality. Uh, it, so your body would cease to function as it was designed. So without constant contact with, with the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer, in regular worship, you'll lose your, your vitality. You, you will be like the Lord says. You'll be like you know, the salt of the earth. But when you lose your saltiness, when you lose your pungency, you're good for nothing. And that means that men will trample on you. And let me share it with you. As I look at what's going on in the world, and I see believers taking sides in, in temporal squabbles, taking sides in the world system and arguing as to which side is God's side. It's the world system, brothers and sisters. And when I see that, I think, and they are used as pawns by the world, I say, ah, that's what it means. You're good for nothing. I'm almost done. You are designed for something. You have to walk in that designation, that design. Without water, without hydration. Hydration becomes, without water, hydration becomes an issue because drinking enough water every day is crucial for several reasons. It's crucial to regulate your body temperature. You won't have the right temperature. You get mad too quickly. You won't be cool and calm. Or, 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 or you don't have the right temperature. You're just cold-blooded. So would you stay in contact with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father's living in you, then it's going to regulate your body temperature and even collectively, corporately, the body temperature. It will also keep our joints lubricated because every joint supplies something. You may think, well, I don't supply anything. I just sit. You have no idea. What you supply, when I see you, or my wife sees you, or one of these pastors sees you, or one of the elders sees you, they're strengthened. I'm strengthened when I see this side starting to fill up at about 1045. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, man, I, I, hope, I hope she's not leaving. But anyway, no, I, I had a little fun. I love y'all. You know I do. It keeps our joints lubricated so we can give to the body. It prevents infection. So with, with the Holy Spirit operating in you, the enemy is not going to be able to just bring infection over you. Give you spirit. It, del, it, it delivers nutrients to the cell. When you're properly hydrated, the whole body is complete. You know what else it does? It removes waste. 
It removes waste. You know? And it keeps organs functioning properly. Your body must have water to survive, must have the operation of the Holy Spirit. So when God blessed Israel bread and water, he, he linked it or tied it to a promise. He says, I will take sickness away from the midst of you, meaning he would give them health. So God's desire is to give us spiritual health. He wants every one of us healthy. The, the weakest one of us would be like David. That's amazing. That's a promise from the prophet Zechariah to Israel. And you and I are really a type of Israel. I know what theologians say, but I will not back down on that street. We're type. Listen, he says, he'll give us spiritual health. He says the weakest among you will be like David. David whipped everybody. Probably, probably this tall. Whipping everybody. Whipped a giant. I can't even reach this high. I can't even jump that high. Whipped a giant. Everything that the mighty men did in David's cabinet, they said that, oh, this one slew 300 men. This one slew 800. One guy, 800. See, God was with them. They were healthy, spiritually healthy. And, and then and then he said another one. He, was, he killed a lion in a pit in a snowy day. Didn't have good footing, but still destroyed the lion. That, that's, that's amazing stuff. But of all the things they did, you know what David did? He killed a giant. <laughs> David. And he says, the feeblest of us will be like David. The giant was the most formidable enemy, greater than the 800, greater than the 300, greater than the lion in the pit. He killed the giant. And he says, you'll be like giant. And he says, those who are strong among us will be like God. I take the scripture at its word. I want us to be strong in the Lord. All right? I want to be, us to be strong in the Lord. I'm going to come back in a minute. But I want to say before I go that Jesus is spiritually, he's our bread and water, both. He is the reason or the cause of our spiritual existence, our spirituality. Not this crazy stuff that people do on the internet. It is because of Christ that the Holy Spirit now resides in the believer, leading and guiding us as Christ desires. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us as Christ desires. And this is what he's going to do for you from this moment onward. Let me say, he's going to do that for you this moment, from this moment onward. The Holy Spirit is guiding you. Just listen to his voice and don't look at natural things in order to uh, interpret the spiritual. But from the spiritual, interpret the natural. What I've told you is the gospel truth. There are others who would like to contradict, but they are really not contradicting me or the other preachers who would stand here. They're really contradicting God to speak against God. Contra. Contra. Diction, the speech of. Okay, are we good? Are we good? We're good. Thank you. We're good. He will bless your bread and water. He's going to make you healthy in the Jesus' name. Healthy people. And we're going to see a healthy church. And I want to get there with all of you.
But if I don't get there with all of you, remember me. Amen? Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'll be back in a minute.